0: Currently, I'm working on a you know uh, project which aims to help the millions of people suffering from spinal cord injuries and peripheral nerve injuries. You could potentially have intellectual property in the machine
1: that makes yeah, it, yeah. as well as the thing you're going to make with the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah interesting these old
0: okay. aspects of the brain and the intelligence and intuition like sixth sense
1: yeah yeah it was fascinating like we welcome like- to an episode on the Estelle Ingenuity podcast i'm steven estelle engineer ceo and founder of estelle ingenuity in our episodes we dive into different experiences from people who specialize in technology entrepreneurship and other necessary elements that will help you reach your full potential in these fields we focus in on innovative devices that will be changing our society Stories from entrepreneurs and how they maneuver through the business landscape and how these new technologies are being used in businesses to bring value to the world. From these stories, if you're inspired to develop your own inventions and prototypes and you want to see your innovative ideas flourish, reach out to us at EstelleIngenuity.com for your prototyping needs so together we can begin creating the new devices of the future. With that being said, enjoy the show. Follow and subscribe to Estelle Ingenuity Podcast and relish the wisdom from the topic you hear today. So today on this episode for our Estelle Ingenuity Podcast, I have another colleague of mine, Lokesh. Welcome to the podcast episode. Thank you. So it's good to have you here. So... I met Lokesh when we were going through some classes for entrepreneurship, as well as different things about how can we be a good entrepreneur and how can we be better at moving our own companies and our ideas forward, including Estelle Ingenuity and some of his ideas too. So I'm glad to have you here because I feel like we have different experiences, and essentially, I think what you have to deliver can be enlightening for different people around the world who are trying to do the same thing. So to start, can you just give us a introduction of who you are and uh, what got you here today? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah, let us know. Thank you for, uh, you know, inviting me in this podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm Lokesh Agriwa and uh, uh, I'm currently working as a postdoctoral researcher okay. at OIST. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do have my startup grant oh, nice. that is from, uh, you know, TDIC, OIST, POC, mm-hmm. phase one and phase two. And uh, currently I'm working on a, you know, uh, project which aims to help the millions of people suffering from spinal cord injuries and peripheral nerve injuries. Nice. And uh, uh, there are certain challenges in this field that I have been, you know, facing in research mm. throughout my career. So I, I was a PhD student at Tsukuba University. Okay. During that, you know, time, I came to know about these problems and I started my, you know, work in this particular field, Web OIST. So it was in 2018. Okay. And so uh, when I started my research, I was having no idea of this particular field, tissue engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, then uh, uh, my mentor, Sunil uh, Kumar Vimal, he he was actually expert of this field, and he was my mentor, fortunately, in PhD. So let me ask
1: actually starting from the beginning. Yeah. So where are you? What would you say? Where is your hometown? And then from there, what? led you to want to get
0: a PhD? Okay. So, uh, my hometown is a beautiful place in India. Okay, nice, nice. It's uh, it's called as Pink City in the world. It's known as Pink City. And it's Jaipur. Okay. And uh, it's a heritage, uh, world heritage also. Oh, nice. Yeah, declared by UNESCO in 2000, I think, 21 or 22. Okay. And... Uh,
1: so, yeah, was there something in particular that either if it was family or some life experience that got you into spinal cord injuries and research
0: of that nature? Or like what made you decide to get a PhD in the first place? So, um, actually, my course was very unique. So, mm. uh, when I was in my, and you know, uh, like uh, penultimate semester of my high school, which is actually uh, c- uh, secondary you know, class, you mm-hmm. we, we know, uh, so we have, you know, different uh, culture than Western world in, mm-hmm. in schooling. So that time we have to take a decision, like you want to pursue your career in science, engineering, agriculture, whatever the art, there yeah. are various fields. So I came to know about a very unique uh, course, mm. which was actually designed To solve the major uh, problems uh, in society. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was not just meant for a particular field. Mm. Like we say engineering or, you know, the medical science or the commerce. Mm. It was designed to solve, you know, all the problems taking an integrated approach. So to create a person who has equal knowledge of biology. Equal knowledge of uh, you know uh, uh, engineering, equal knowledge of commerce, and to train young minds in such a way so they take the you know uh, like optimal approach to so uh, to to address a problem in the society. So it's okay. it's called converging technology. It's a combination of nanotechnology, biotechnology, bioinformatics, and information communication technology. Okay. So. When I learned about this course, I went into the facilitation, you know, uh, seminar okay, and uh, I found it very fascinating. I joined the course and from there, actually, my interest developed to have a startup or to create something novel, okay. especially in the field of neuroscience, because mm. uh, this course was, a, you know, was designed in such a way, so we have to, we, we were exposed to different fields. So like nanotechnology, mm. biotechnology, bioinformatics and information and communication technologies, yeah, cognitive and neuroscience. And even we were trained by the one of the best faculties in India. We used to invite them and, you know, they used to teach us and train us in the particular topics that they are expert in. Okay. So, oh. and, and it was one of the... It's kind of institution in the Asia. So it was, you know, the first institution of such kind and mm. it was ranked, you know, number one in Asia in in mm. the time. So uh, from there my interest in brain developed mm. and then slowly slowly I got fascinated with the, you know, aspects of brain, mm. the intelligence, intuition, emotion. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are the a uh, superior being who can process the information from environment yeah, and, you know, can respond, can process and respond in the optimal way to, you know, mm. act. So that is the superiority other species on earth doesn't have. Brain makes us superior yeah, in terms of emotional intelligence, mm. in terms of, you know, uh, coordinated Response to a, a you know a stimulus from environment. So these okay. all aspects of the brain and the intelligence and intuition, like sixth sense. Yeah, yeah. It was fascinating. Like we usually uh, read about them, but when you learn the mechanism mm. thoroughly, when you feel it, it's mm. something very unique. Like you know, other species on the planet might not have. That's what make us superior, and you know, we control the. So I'm <laughs> curious.
1: So I have two questions for you. So the first question is. So you were inspired from your experiences in high school. What do you think are... So like, for example, different countries are trying to inspire younger generations to get into STEM, mm. science, tech, mm. engineering, and mathematics. Um, and you got interested into this field just mm. naturally from a lecture or from these experiences. Can you think of any ways, maybe in specifically in your country, that might help inspire more people to get into the science field, to help innovate, and to help... I guess, improve different aspects
0: of society? What do you think might help younger people get into it? So, um, I feel um, that we should allow them, what do they, you know, what is their true nature, actually? Mm. And it's being inhibited in India, especially the Indian society's parent-dominating society. And and, uh, their aspects are also, uh, you know, very uh, important, like... large population of India, Mm. especially youth population. Okay. Very limited uh, resources and opportunities for young generation. You have to compete a lot. Okay. And if you are in average population, average, you know, IQ population. Yeah. You have to fight a lot. So from here, uh, the thing is, if we allow people or, you know, the the, uh, the child mm-hmm. from the childhood to pursue its interest, you know, his own interest and mm. uh, abilities. Because everyone is being gifted in some sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. The problem in our society is that, you know, it's being hindered by... Most of the time, a parent doesn't understand that, you know, this is his talent and can make his career in this particular field. And mm. therefore them to be a be an engineer or be right. a medical doctor okay it's like you know okay our neighbor is doing engineering you should do engineering Gotcha. it like you know if he wants to he wants to pursue a career in arts well, who does you know who what you will do by painting right right i get that i get
1: that
0: I you get can't that. earn bread and butter <laughs> okay so do you think it's like a parental thing or an exposure thing uh both okay so, so uh, from childhood i think it's a parental thing that mm. parent doesn't recognize the talent of their own child it's, mm. i think it's a very big uh, problem in india the parenting issue parent doesn't know how to do parenting first thing mm. second thing i i feel that um, uh, the, the the opportunities and the exposure mm. is not uh, you know homogeneous like the the opportunities are very limited Mm. So for one opportunity, if 100,000 people are applying, Mm. then... I get you, I get you.
1: So in your case, would you say that your parents were allowed you to, I guess, operate in different fields to find what works best for you? Or what do you think allowed you to flourish in your field of expertise?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, in this sense, my parents didn't interfere in anything. And uh, for them, actually, this concept was very new. And I asked them that after finishing my school, I would like to join for a course, which is, you know, doesn't give you guarantee to have a job. Like an after-school course? Yeah, yeah. So, this is like mm-hmm. undergrad and for graduation. Okay. So, when I found about this course, the integrated MS, Masters in Technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, first thing, they didn't understand what it is. Okay. Okay, because my... My father is from commerce background. Okay, so he just believed me what I want to do just doing su- here. Yeah, just supported yeah. me So I didn't have any you know um, Like restriction or force from my parents. side. think like, okay. You have to join this particular course second thing mm. uh, My teachers mm. Also supported my you know decision that okay joining so I had option to go into dental, you know to be a dentist, yeah. But to be okay. a dentist, I qualified the dentist exam of our state uh, government. I qualified agriculture officer exam in our, mm. and I also qualified for this particular course. Mm. So, but I chose to be in this particular course because it was something from came from inside. You know, sometimes you have. I get that. I get you that. You just yeah. leave the logics and just follow your intuition. Yeah, something like that happened. Mm. I was very much fascinated with the with the first lecture, mm. which was given to the, you know, for the orientation. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I, I said, this is something I really want to do.
1: Okay. No, I like that. I think uh, from what I've seen, especially from my engineering courses in undergrad, a lot of the engineers were there because they said, oh, my parents forced me into it. Yeah, you know, or like, yeah. I'm here because, I don't know, my Mom's an engineer, yeah, therefore, yeah. I must be an engineer, even yeah. though I met plenty of engineers that wanted to be a historian yeah. or even like artists, like yeah. you said. So, yeah. it been and sadly, those engineers dropped out yes, because definitely. it wasn't what yeah. they wanted to do. And it's a lot of work yeah, to yeah. do a science. Major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that's actually a good component that a lot of people should realize when inspiring the next generation. Yeah. Don't kind of force inspire them, them. but yeah. naturally let them do yeah. what they want yeah.
0: no that's interesting my so, yeah go my, my father is from commerce background okay right so i we we have four brothers okay none of them chose commerce So my father never forced any of us to be in commerce in any, you know in arts field so so what do your brothers do uh my elder brother is a medical doctor nice and more uh, you know i have two elder brothers one younger brother so okay And uh, all of them work for government of India, like government jobs. Okay,
1: no, that's interesting. I guess it's it actually kind of sounds similar to me and my brothers. So, uh, my mom she was a flight attendant Mm. for airplanes, and then my father is a police officer. Mm. You know, and I have two brothers. I'm the middle child. My older brother is uh, I forgot what kind of scientist or biology major, Mm. but it was. uh, I forgot, I forgot, but he's in science, he does science research right now in a place in Chicago, Okay. I'm an engineer, my little brother's an engineer, and then the question we always get is, oh, is your parent, are they engineer the in, science, yeah. and then similar to you, it's like, no, they did this and this, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, then, yeah. like, oh, what led you then to science, and it's, it's interesting, because I feel like in that kind of case, it's like,
0: you know, we just naturally went to it, maybe mm. because it was new, Yeah. you know? Or something like from inside, you really want to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have options and if you are drawn to some, you know, one particular option, it means there is something. Mm. which. So everyone has some, you know, um, uh, like we came on earth. So everyone has some purpose to fulfill in our life form. Like, you know, we we have to do something Mm. to either increase the consciousness of the planet or to, to contribute for the welfare of society yeah, yeah, yeah so until we we chose that particular path we are constantly pushed by universe to you know move yeah. in that particular direction
1: i like that no that, that's an interesting conversation because i see it all the time where people are like be an engineer and then they hate their job because yeah. they're forced into it so then going from that Going into more details about what you're working on with the spinal cord information. So, can you kind of explain what you're doing, but then explain it in a way that's easily understandable to mm-hmm. many people listening about why you chose spinal cords and kind of, I guess, your your bread and butter
0: of like your approach okay. of this problem. So, uh, I started this work in 2018. Okay, uh, and uh, I was exposed to this particular field, as I said, uh, by my mentor, mm. so he saw my CV mm. and he said that your skills are very much suitable for this particular field mm. because this is something has lots of potential to mm. help the society, but has not been addressed and, you know, uh, like utilized to its flip caliber. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so when I started uh, reading the literature, so mm. I came to know that more than 22 million population all over the world is suffering from nerve injuries due to some accidents mm. and they cannot move, you know, like once you have some injury into your nerves, mm. peripheral nerves, usually after traumas, you cannot move, you l- lose the function. Okay. So... And uh, around, you know, 40% cases from 22 million are severe cases. Mm. And uh, similar way, if you see the statistics, so around um, 6 million people worldwide are suffering from spinal cord injuries. And 40% cases are severe cases which are called quadriplegic, means who lost the complete uh, movement. All four limbs. Okay. And you know, uh, they have an injury from the neck. Yeah. So, complete analysis of the body. So, from what I've heard from some colleagues of mine, that
1: is a spinal cord injury essentially you have an injury and then your body tries to heal, but then kind of like the scar tissue kind of prevents
0: signaling to continue through the nerves. Is that how it works? Or. So, the thing is. Um, Like spinal cord, which is a part of central nervous system. Mm -hmm. Central. So, in simple terms, whatever exists on at the midline of your body, central line of your body, Mm -hmm. that's called central nervous system. Okay. Away from midline of your body, from your symmetry, Mm -hmm. symmetrical line. If we draw a line from your head to, you know, yeah, so the midline. Yeah. What is whatever is situated at midline. Of nervous system, you know nervous uh, what that's called central nervous system. Yeah And away from central line is peripheral. Peripheral okay. like which is supplying nerves uh, Supplying, you know, mm. uh, signals to the muscles in hand and like so So that uh, the thing is Central nervous system Has very limited potency for regeneration Okay like If you compare the other somatic tissues like skin And, uh, you know, uh, like even the peripheral nerves. Mm -hmm. They have a, you know, certain extent they have a potency to regenerate. But Mm. the central nervous system, Mm. tissues like brain and spinal cord Mm -hmm. has very limited or no potency to regenerate. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, so that's the main reason. Second reason is what happens when there is a cut or injury. So the nearby fibroblast comes to the place and, you know, create an obstruction to rejoin, you know, refill the, the destroyed right. or regenerate the lost neuronal connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, similar way, there, there, there is a type of celestial sites. Mm-hmm. They also come there and, create. you know, get deposited. Like because uh, these are a part of glia, they come, they, they congregate there. Mm. And they obstruct the regrowth. So it's called glial scar formation. Okay. So there are various mechanisms. But the, but the most important thing, what I feel here is lack of the potency of regeneration. A limited ability of regeneration.
1: Okay. So um, I would assume by that, because of the lack of the regenerative potential, would you potentially make the nerves, I guess... Uh, I guess, I want to say like healthier or stronger to just have better regenerative abilities similar to like, I guess just improving
0: them. Is that kind of the idea? So the idea is, suppose if, if sub- consider nerve as a thread. Okay. If you cut the thread, mm-hmm. it should rejoin to, to you know, deliver a connection like right. signal, like a wire. If you yeah. cut the wire, wire cannot uh, transmit the signal. Mm-hmm. So, if you cut the nerve, there is no transmittance of signal. Okay. So, what you have to do, you have to repair it. Okay. So,
1: I like this metaphor. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
0: what you usually do to repair a wire which is being cut, you join it. Yeah. By using some glue or by tap. Yes. You know, and... Yeah. Soldering.
1: Yeah. I there are you. various ways to join.
0: Yeah. Similar way, it's called nerve tissue engineering. So, okay. what you do, you take the two strands of nerve which is being cut off. Mm. Then we have a biomaterial, which is you know cylindrical. Mm. We rejoin it, and then we glue the two ends to this particular you know conduit. Ah, what happens then? Because this conduit restricts the growth of outside tissues. Okay. And allows the growth only of this you know remaining exons, which are inside a mm. cylinder now. So, as you said, there are you know glial scar formation fibroblast outgrowth yeah, these old yeah. troubles we could could avoid here and second thing the engineering of this particular material conduit mm. is also important so if suppose if you have a laline fiber in this mm. it will promote the growth very fast hmm. and if it is being loaded with this stem cells of the you know particular patients yeah then it's a kind it can work as a you know Graft.
1: Yeah, that's what it kind of sounds like. It's yeah, like yeah. a cylindrical
0: graft. Yeah, it's in a, a way. It's, it can like be a cylindrical s- graft, and in this case, when you put the cells, it will regrow in both direction, mm. and will reconnect the tissue. You know, the lost neuronal connections very fast.
1: Ah, so is this what you are
0: doing, or is this what many people are doing? So this is what I'm doing because mm. here, uh, people. Uh, in the world, see in 1983 there are companies in USA who started selling the nerve conduit so this conduit idea is very old, using a hollow uh, you know, uh, tube to rejoin the nerves, but it has not been, you know uh, like, very effective strategy so far because uh, it's been still a very very, you know, challenging uh, field to address mm-hmm. the uh, spinal cord injuries, especially. So, is it the shape or the material that's the issue here? So, it's it's the engineering of material. Okay. Apart from that, uh, you know, uh, alone, material being used mm. cannot be, uh, you know, uh, cannot give you 100% regrowth. Okay. So, uh, if we combine engineering aspect to mm. design this conduit because the existing companies they are not engineering the graph like the the conduit okay they are just uh, developing hollow tubes mm. and use it that's it okay but there is okay. no engineering in that mm. are these like made out of like some um bio acceptable plastic or yeah or something yeah 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 something like, like that it. so suppose you have a Uh, ball pen Mm. So the core of this it's hollow.
1: Yeah similar
0: to that conduits are there, but it has no Texture No engineering in terms of porosity Mm. because just grafting is not enough We have to understand one thing right that there should be the penetration of blood vessels,
1: right? That's why stents are kind of like a cage. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so
0: there there are various things that needs to be addressed and Mm. addressed here and after you know, finding all those problems mm. and, uh, you know, thoroughly investigating literature has been published in the last 30 years, mm. three decades of tissue engineering. Mm. I came to a col- conclusion that the problem is people are not being serious to address this problem. Mm. Second thing, there are technical limitations, like the available fabrication technologies. Like they don't have the machinery to make it? Make like it. Yes, ah. so so then it prompted me to develop a technology also for the uh, fine engineering of these scaffolds and conduits. So if,
1: to clarify this, so you're focusing not only on the design of this new cylindrical material, are you also focusing on the
0: machine to make it? Yeah, so I'm also developing a machine mm. and... Uh, uh, biomaterial. Gotcha. So it's like all linked with each other. Okay. So when I encountered the troubles, I started solving them by myself. Mm. So it
1: started with one, and then you're like, I have nothing to make it, yeah. so I need to make my own thing. To yeah, make yeah. What I want to make. So then ultimately, you could potentially have intellectual property in the machine that makes yeah, it, yeah. as well as the thing you're going to make with the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I think that's. Huh. So. What can you say that if somebody were to see your thing, I don't know what other people are doing in the field, Mm. but is there anything in particular that you can say that, besides you're making like a new Mm. machine to make a new idea, could you see that machine maybe being
0: used for other applications as well? Yeah, For like a a wide array of uses? So the machine design is very flexible. It can Mm. be extended to various applications. Okay. And by... In my ventricle field especially so uh, apart from uh you know developing a customized or personalized skateboard or implant mm. we can use it to uh you know use we can use it as a conventional electric spin machine so it can be used for the textile industry
1: okay how, how so like
0: right. the fiber development and mm. special thread and okay. you know Apart from that, it can be extended to a, uh, as a 3D bioprinter. Yeah. And it can print tissues itself. That's what I'm really excited about. I really like bioprinters. Yeah. I'm, I'm still new on it. So, though. you know, it's printing material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And can be extended as a 3D bioprinter. So, uh, so I think uh, hmm. the this flexibility to mold the design according hmm. to your need. Mm. Is also one superior virtue of this particular technology.
1: So, is it possible? I'm I'm kind of thinking about this in this wire metaphor that you gave earlier, where, so you'll see you have an injury between two two nerves, mm. and is it does it make sense for somebody to take? A section of another nor- nerve, hmm. let's say a nerve that has hmm. regenerative hmm. properties, hmm. and then use that nerve as a bridge between those two tear terenor- nerves, and then this one regrows.
0: That's that's what being a gold standard so far for the in the medical oh, side. It's okay. called autologous graft, autograft. So taking a portion from the patient's body, mostly sciatic nerve. Where is that? Uh, it's in the leg. Okay. Sciatic nerve, it's called. Okay. And usually it's being placed at the site of injury, median nerve. Or mm-hmm. other. So, that's called autograft. Mm. But there are certain, you know, various drawbacks of this particular thing. So, you are repairing a portion of body at the cost of deformity at the other place. Okay. True. So, and yeah. second thing, it leads several complexities, like, you know, loss of, Function related to particular nerve in leg, like, and you know, there mm. are certain uh, uh, like sensitivities. St- uh, patients are you know having after these kind of uh, you know grafts mm. and uh, blood loss in many cases. Mm. There's severe blood loss and severe infections. Right, there are right. various you know right. uh, drawbacks. So the idea is you take this stem cell from the patient's body, like the somatic cell and differentiate it to, you know, pluripotent stem cells, Mm. which can be differentiated and reprogrammed into any kind of cells, like neuron, glia, Mm. blah, blah, and uh, then you load them into the graft, Mm. create a graft using the engineering of the scaffold Mm. and create a real 3D tissue. Mm. The microenvironment of the, of the you know the original tissue which is in your body, imitate the exact structure outside mm. in the lab.
1: I like that. That sounds like really. That sounds like a like almost a, like a miracle
0: medicine in a way. I mean, yes, just making your own medicine from your body. Yeah, it's called personalization of medicine. Yeah. So that, you yeah you pencil, you you develop it and then, so this procedure actually. Uh, provide alternate And very robust solution of autografts. You mm-hmm. don't need to remove anymore yeah, yeah, yeah And for the spinal cord injuries especially Because you cannot take a portion of someone's body To repair the spinal cord Is very thick mm. So you have to develop a graft Which is exactly with the dimensions Of spinal cord Which is quite thick actually mm. And uh, uh, For that uh, Graft method using the uh, you know ips and yeah, yeah, yeah that's much better alternate solution
1: so one thing i'm curious about too is that i hear some organs for humans can be replaced with like animal organs i think it's pigs or something i forgot exactly which one it was hmm. like i think those was like maybe the first hmm. I don't know if it was the first kidney or something Mm. that came from a pig. Mm -hmm. So my first idea now was, you know, we said that you can get like nerves from your leg, but then you, you know, you're destroying one part Mm. to repair. I mean, could we by chance use nerves from animals that are maybe
0: more biocompatible with humans? So uh, the thing is, uh, it's called allografting. Okay, okay. There's all, all
1: the, There's these names for everything yeah. Okay. Yeah So yeah.
0: it's called Allografting And it's been a field In medical science For a long time Right So Why this Would not You know It could not Thrive So mm-hmm. far the, the thing is We have Special uh, You know Properties of our Immune system Right So Any foreign item Or particle Even the virus Which is very small Comes in our body Yeah Yeah our immune system responds in, you know, very aggressive way uh-huh. to protect our body. Similar way, when you are, you know, taking a part of, yeah, suppose foreign, yeah, foreign. Mm. Uh, so suppose from animal body, mm. it is not having similar, you know, molecular architecture as well as the molecular expression of the cells. So cells yeah. itself is a very big mystery, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like. We are the part of universe, but at the same time we are itself a universe There are billions <laughs> of cells in our body. <laughs> okay. okay, okay And if okay. you okay. if you <laughs> if you go inside one particular cell and its surface receptors mm. Which is being expressed like you if, if you have a ball. Yeah, and uh, you know the surface of the ball mm. is expressing many proteins this expression of proteins this goes deeper it's very different than the human body protein. right right it's called plm matching so it is also a very important uh, procedure when there is uh, you know uh, like the patient uh, when a part- particular patient is requiring the um, donation of some organ right so the plm matching these are being done in this particular case mm. so these you know, allografts from the animal's body yeah. were being used uh, at the cost of, you know, the immune system of... Possible reaction yeah. yeah. So, the person has to uh, be on the immunosuppressor throughout his life.
1: Oh, right. i right. would never thought about that. So, there's... So, do you... Is it normally like that for every implant? Or is there any way to make... I guess any animal implant just acceptable without the
0: immunosuppressant being needed. So, as far as I know, yeah, um, yeah. in all the cases, you have the patient has to take yeah. immunosuppressant. Even in the case of autografts, mm. for a certain time period, mm. person has to take a course of mm. immunosuppressors. So that's works, interesting. Yeah.
1: I wonder, and maybe this metaphor doesn't make sense, but thinking about how complicated the the nervous system is and you know, hmm. numerous and numerous of nerves whenever you get injured. So during, when somebody has a spinal cord injury and they're trying to reconnect all the nerves one by one, like that, that has to be an extremely tedious job. Like I don't know how many nerves you have to repair, but... I, I don't even imagine the process of doing that mm. so the product that you're trying to make with the with your machine uh, Like what what's the size of this thing
0: so it's, it's got to be very small. Yeah, so uh, like Inner diameter three millimeters and uh, The the size okay. total size of the conduits will be around 0.5 cent, uh, centimeter
1: Ooh. Wait, so the inner diameter, the 3, yeah, three,
0: millimeter. three millimeters, and then the, length, the yeah. length is how much? So like 0.5 centimeter. Okay. So these are these kind of conduits for the n- nerve repair. Got it. Okay. As I said, the nerve is exactly similar to the thread. You will see. It. Yeah. But for the spinal cord injuries, I think um, the graft side should be around 2 centimeters. Two centimeters in length. In, yeah, like...
1: And then the three millimeters in yeah. No, no.
0: So the diameter should also be around one, one to two centimeters. So okay. the, the graph for the spinal cord mm. are bigger in size.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah,
0: because it's a cylinder. Right. Multiple threads are joining mm. together. So all the, you know, uh, connections, exons coming from brain... Mm. The extents in our body is the spinal cord. Mm. So this is a, you know, column. Okay. Holding many, yeah, many
1: fibers. So is it more so of collecting the connecting the columns together? Or do you have to connect the exact thread to the exact thread on the other side?
0: So it is very actually technical question. Mm. So we cannot imitate the exact uh, engineering of nature. But, okay, that makes sense. That's but, what I was thinking. Yeah, up to a certain extent, a person who is actually dying, we can, we can, you know, um, help him to regain its 60 to 80% of functionality. That, okay.
1: That, that's, I mean, it's better than nothing. Nothing, yeah. He, mm-hmm. He's
0: supposed to die with the failure of vital organs after some time because there is no sensation mm-hmm. and no signal. So... Mm, okay
1: now i get it now so so the parts that you're making so i'm assuming it's like extremely delicate and so let's say you make this machine and you make this part Hmm. who is your customer who do you think you will be trying to sell it to would be doctors
0: so the machines can be uh can be sold to, uh, you know, research institutions who are particularly working in regenerative medicine mm. and, uh, in organo organoid developments, organ... Yeah, I've heard or, of organoids. Yeah. yeah. Apart from that, uh, your material and graft mm-hmm. can be sold to various places, including research institutions, to the medical institutions, clinics, mm. and, uh, you know, uh, paid clinic okay not only the human market first we can start with the animal market and then go to the okay uh, human market so there is a, a huge market and opportunity waiting out there
1: that was the end of an episode of the style ingenuity podcast. Hope you learned something new and innovative and were left inspired to go create and invent new ideas for the betterment of society. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the Estelle Ingenuity podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube for more stories and experiences from people in the field and to hear about new up and coming technology. Thank you for listening and see you in the next podcast episode.